At the request of the author for this letter, I'm changing a few of the identifiers. Hello, John. I need quick advice. Fostering a 12-year-old, 120-pound male golden retriever whose owner is in the hospital. I'm picking the dog up tomorrow. I'm told that he pulls on the leash. What can I use to make walks more pleasant for both of us? If the dog's not fostered now, he will be surrendered to the SPCA, and that will break the owner's heart. I've used a prong, halty, and choke collars in the past, but only on dogs whose owners already use them. Alternatively, I can take him in the yard on a leash just to do his business and forget about walking him until the owner's ready to bring him home. But I sure would love to take him on walks. Thanks for, thanks for much. I think that means thanks very much. Uh, and then I'm going to give the name as Tanya, but again, that's not the, the person's real name. Well, on the surface, this seems simple enough, but it's not really. Um, you have to take into account here that this dog is morbidly obese. Um, a retriever, uh, you know, an adult male retriever is on average 80 pounds. Um, you know, properly bred male retriever. A female is going to be 60 to 80. So this is a male and he's 120 pounds. He is, uh, you know, he's a third again his, his, uh, his body weight. Uh, half again his body weight. That's a, um, that's a lot. He's also a senior, and uh, besides the fact that that's a lot of weight on those old bones, um, making changes in his activity level, because I, I guess I'm curious here, you, you want to take him for a walk, you, you hear he pulls. I'm surprised he pulls because I don't know how hard he could, how hard he could pull. He's that old and he's uh, uh, that obese. But if he's used to going, I think I would get a little creative here. Now, I'd probably begin with uh, contacting, you say you're fostering and take it through the, uh, the SPCA because you say he's going to be otherwise surrendered to the SPCA. Um, I don't know who's paying for vet bills here, but he should go to the vet and, and have a, a quick medical to make sure that, depending on how long you're going to be keeping him here, that you can change his activity level and see if you can get him on the right track while the owner themselves is, are, are recovering. Um, you mentioned you used uh, uh, prongs and halties and choke chains in the past on dogs. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I don't think your goal here is to teach him to walk on a loose leash. That's a long journey, and uh, while you know I'm not a particular fan of any of those tools that you mentioned, they're just they are just tools like your veterinarian scalpel is a tool. Um, so it's more the fool at the end of the tool, but uh, there's, a, there, there's a way of introducing things, and I, want, I guess there's a way of justifying why they should even be used in the first place, would need to be uh, uh, examined in this case. You know what I would do with this guy is, um, one, I would find out you know, what he's eating, you can get some input from the vet. I, you know, I'm, I'm leery of veterinarian opinions on nutrition. They tend to sell foods that have like unbelievably expensive price points um, for what you're getting. And they don't themselves get a lot of training unless it's the pet food company giving them the information. So the, you know, the typical diet foods typically just have a lot more beet pulp or something in it and charge quite a bit more. If he's on a food that is age appropriate for him and, uh, um, and you want him to lose weight, 
here's just a general rule of thumb and check you can check with the vet on this but again you know you've got to find out how much um uh, you know where the vet's getting their information but if you were to weigh out um oh a third of a cup of the that food and it came to let's say four ounces i would remove four ounces and i would add four ounces of pumpkin pie filler not the type that has sugar in it but it's just basically fiber dogs for some reason really like the taste of it too and mix it up there so that this old boy has a sense of fullness still but he's not getting the same amount of calories so that'd be the nutrition end i'd be working on on the activity end i would start realizing that whoever's been taking him on walks has fallen into this trap that walks are exercise. Um, I know that's not co a common thought in the, the dog world, but seriously, I mean, how many people do you know walking a dog could run half a block and not have a heart attack? So it's no wonder that, uh, um, you know, our dogs are uh, ob obese, overweight in North America because we think we're exercising them and they really aren't. So one of the other things, I, you know, I had a bunch of things I would do with this guy. I would just get him moving, uh, you know, at a, at a trot if I could. And you could talk to the vet as far as what pace they think. But again, I don't think that's something that I think vets have opinions on it. But I would really like to find out why they tell us what they do when it comes to areas they're not actually trained in so that we can do a little extra follow-up. But instead of feeding this old boy in a bowl, I would take him out to the backyard with a cup of coffee. And uh, um, I would just drop at my feet his kibble mixed up with that uh, pumpkin pie filter. And I'd say, hey, it's Easter. There's your eggs. Go find, your, go find the Easter eggs. I have a cup of coffee. And as the days go by, you'll see his enthusiasm get greater because he gets to use his nose and this really makes a big difference to a lot of dogs and you'll just increase the spread until you know you're just sh shooting it all through the yard there and you're having a cup of coffee and he's going found one found one found one you get him moving a little bit if he's on a, a food that has a canned version of it um, stuff it into a calm and freeze it and give him one of his meals that way so that he's got to work at it um, I won't think I'd take him on a walk, I would take him uh, on a hike. I would put him on a, like a dog this size, that obese. He's not going too far too fast. So I'd put a 30 foot lunge line on him for a horse and uh, take him to the woods. Take him with another dog, uh, if he gets along with other dogs, but get him moving. So instead of that 20 minutes, half an hour around the block, um, Take him somewhere so that when he comes back and he goes, oh my God, I can't believe what I just had. I went to this place. They call it the woods. It's unbelievable. I checked my P-mail everywhere. <laughs> I smelled a raccoon and I smelled, oh my God, they got to get a nap. That's it. That is what this dog needs. He needs his activity level up. He needs his caloric account uh, uh, down. If you want to teach him how to heal, spend one minute, six times a day, trying to get him to embrace the concept indoors i'll bet he can't do it so i don't think i would start frustrating an old dog and, and new into your household on a walk and trying to teach him a complex skill like heal you're going to feel like you're holding an aa meeting on a friday night in a bar with it's being half price night and women are drinking for free 
there's not going to be a lot of focus on learning any lessons. You're just basically going to get pulled from sniff post to sniff post, which I do want him to do. I think that's a nice way for a dog to connect with being a dog. But I think he needs to be moving at a trot, um, you know, jogging from spot to spot. And it's hard for a dog to do that on a lead. But if he's just dragging a 30-foot line around, if you're worried, put 60 feet on him. But... Yeah, boy, if you're going to have this dog for two, three, four weeks, I'll bet you'll drop his weight down um, and trim him up, and he'll be a lot more, well, I don't know about puppy-like, but I think he'll be, he'll feel a lot better, and I think you'll start to see that he feels a lot better. Um, if you're worried about him dragging a long line because all of a sudden he gets all speedy Gonzales on you, and you're worried about it wrapping around something, you go down to a, a hardware store, they, a lot of them sell bungee cord by the foot and buy an O-ring and a snap, a good quality snap, and tie them to both ends. You have to tie them using a knot that is specifically for bungee material. Just look it up on the internet. It's a simple knot, but it's not the same as a regular knot, which will come loose. So now he's got a six-foot shock absorber attached to you know a broad flat collar or even a harness for his wood, his hunting in the woods type thing. And... Uh, then attach the 30 or the 60 to the, uh, the, to the shock absorber section, and then you've got a little bit more. Uh, uh, you, you, you've, you've got that uh, resistance if he does uh, end up with a hard stop. As I mentioned, another way is, is uh, having a, a second dog. Um, uh, the, uh, on outing, sometimes that is stimulating to them. Uh, if he's got any fetch in him at all um, as a retriever, that's another activity that you could do. I don't know whether you get 20 minutes out of them, but I'd build up to that. I'd always leave him wanting a little bit more, a little bit before he kind of went, oh, he's just, I can't, I'd love to, but I just can't take any further. And then then you, you stop a little earlier than that and you build his endurance up. You're gonna find, his, like, you're gonna find he, his endurance um, increases at a pace that's eye-opening. Dogs get, into shape faster than human beings do. Uh, boy, I wish I knew their secret. Um, play tug of war with them. Uh, you know, get them on the, on a tug and start getting them moving and growling and uh, you know, just it's a chuckle growl that they're having fun. Um, and then teaching them to leave it if you want and play that some more. Um, if he's a swimming retriever, uh, get him to swim, but check his medical records first because he's not your dog. Uh, and make sure that uh, he's not, uh, you know, he doesn't have uh, seizures because uh, he shouldn't be swimming if he's got seizures. But again, that's a wonderful way for a dog to lose weight and um, not put excessive pressure on their joints. Uh, and then if they do need medical intervention down the road, one, it's less if they've got good muscle buildup in those areas, but they recover from surgical procedures a lot quicker uh, because of the swimming they did beforehand and because they can return to swimming a lot faster than they could return to uh, um, road work. So uh, that's what I would be doing with them. I wouldn't be worried about prong collars and halties and chokers and teaching him how to walk. I'd put, uh, let's call his time fostering with you his spa time where he's going to uh, get himself into a little bit better shape and uh, you'll, you'll see that won't just impact his body it'll impact his mind and be a wonderful gift for him and a wonderful gift for the owner when they get out of the hospital if you find that any of the many free resources i provide companion dog owners 
via the Ask the Dog Guy YouTube channel or website have informed you, saved you time, and perhaps even saved you a little money, please buy me a coffee. Alternatively, you can also become a monthly sponsor, which will go a long way to spreading the word about science and common sense in the companion dog training world. You can find details in the notes. Many thanks.